and welcome to another edition of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Coming to you wherever you may be, however you may be listening. We definitely appreciate y'all for checking us out once again on Deliberation Sports Podcast, man. Of course, I am Josh Midget, along with my guys, Evan DeVoe, Justice Bolden. Uh, coming to you wherever you may be, however you may be listening. We appreciate y'all uh, checking out the podcast, whatever platform you may be listening on. Uh, we definitely uh, appreciate the listen. So, without any further ado, we're going to get right into it. Justice, let the people know how they can find out about all things deliberation and uh, sports podcasts. Well, they can follow us on Twitter, Deliberation SP1, also on Facebook and Instagram at Deliberation Sports. And we also have the uh, Facebook group, Deliberation Sports Community. Not only that, they can subscribe via multiple outlets, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, and more. Just look for Deliberation Sports Podcast. That's it. That's it, man. Y'all check it out. Uh, we come with you, uh, hit you every week with some content, man. Uh, so y'all stay tuned. Got some interviews coming up in the future. So y'all stay tuned for what Deliberation got coming at you. So coming at you right now, there's a lot of stuff to get into in the sports world. Um, and let's start off with something um, Memphis-related uh, when we come to What's been going on with the Memphis Tigers? Penny Hardaway, of course, the head coach. A lot of eyes on what the Tigers, um, you know, going to do this year with, with Penny Hardaway and everything going to the back half of the season now or the last few games. And there has been one glaring storyline that's been just taking over uh, this last half of the season, really, ever since the Tigers went into conference play. And that has been one Jeremiah Martin. Uh, the man has been unbelievable, uh, to say the least, in conference play. Uh, ever since Penny really put him back at point guard, um, he has just taken over. It really reminds me a lot of um, last year's Tigers team, if you remember. Jeremiah carried throughout the entire season, let alone conference play. And you have that same thing happening once again. Um, it seems like his game has taken a whole nother step forward, man. Is he? Is it safe to say? I'm gonna start with Justice, man. Is is it safe to say that Jeremiah Martin is not only the best player in the AAC, but one of the best players in the nation? Well, let me start off first off by saying, Josh, I got to eat a little crow because early in the season I was hard on Jeremiah Martin, uh, being true, a former high true, school coach and, and an athlete. Uh, sometimes, you know, when when it comes to uh, looking at the little things, I'm hard on him, and, and let, I'm the first to admit that. I said Jeremiah Martin wasn't playing the right way, whether it was, uh, you know, taking certain shots or, or distributing, turning the ball over. But what he has done over the past 10 games is as good a stretch as the University of Memphis has seen out of any guard or any player uh, in their program's history. And we're talking about Keith Lee, Andre Turner, Larry Finch, Anthony Penny Hardaway, Derrick Rose. Chris Douglas Roberts. I mean, the list can go on and on. Chris Garner, guys who have played it in the NBA, Antonio Burks, who have won conference player of the year. There's never been a Tiger score 40 points twice in a season, and he's done it within the past 10 games. Not only that, he had a game on the road. He scores 41 in the second half. I mean, if he scores 10 points in the first half, you talk about a 50-point game. And uh, the game I think that really, really mattered most was in that second half against Wichita State on the road. Uh, he had nine points in the first half, finished with 37, 28 in the second. Every shot he made was big. But not only that, he didn't turn the ball over. 
And so you're talking about a guy not only that I think should be the American Conference Player of the Year, regardless of where the team's record is. I think Jeremiah Martin's been the best player in the conference, but also I think he deserves mention amongst uh, the All-Americans. I don't, I don't know how it works. I know there's a bias when it comes to the Blue Bloods and these the certain schools on the West Coast, but the, you can't name me 15 players in America that have had a better season than Jeremiah Martin. Yeah, man, it's it's been unbelievable. And just to watch him, let alone this Wichita State game, which is just an amazing game all around uh, to watch, but just to see him continue this stretch um, whenever they needed a basket, when they needed to come back, they just gave it to Jeremiah. It almost reminded me of, um, you know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They say, pass the will. You know what I mean? Just let him take care of it. Just pass it to Jeremiah, and he he's going to lead us to the promised land. And those five threes in the second half was a big part of that comeback. Uh, and remember, Josh, it, 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 he said that yeah. he was the best player in the conference, that the Tigers were the best team in the conference. Since he yeah. made that statement, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're 2-0. That's right. And I love that confidence, man. I love when a player can come out and say, I know people say, oh, he shouldn't say that. Man, please. If you're confident in yourself and your team, say it. I don't have a problem with it, man. And then if, you know, people have a problem with it, they need to come out and try to beat you. And, and look, before, and so we, far, before we throw it to Evan, I, I got yeah. to go ahead and, and I'm, I'm eating all the crow today. I man, it's a lot of crow, man. I will never question the, the ability of a Mitchell Road High School basketball player ever again. <laughs> Don't check that, fam. Those guys, that, I mean, when you just go down the list of these guys that come out of Mitchell, they they all end up being stars, whether it was Thaddeus Young, whether it was Andre Turner. You know, you had Curtis Green back in the day. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on of guys that have come out of Mitchell that have played at a high level. Jeremiah Martin, he's just the latest in a long line of Mitchell guys. And and now the question becomes, outside of Thaddeus Young, is he the best guard to come through Mitchell? That That's going to be a question we'll find out about over the next four or five weeks. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, it's a great point, man. Um, and, and last thing I'll say just real quick is I remember meeting uh, – actually met Jeremiah at uh, the KQPN radio station on his – at the end of his career at Mitchell uh, when he came there. Uh, with uh, Leroy Watson, who covers a lot of high school sports, especially then, came through um, Mr. Basketball. And this is right after his switch from La Tech to Memphis. And um, it was really the first time I got to hear about him. But I don't think anybody could have expected this in his career, man. But we're going to go to uh, Mitchell Mode, a.k.a. Evan DeVoe. Uh, what, what, what you got? Well, I'm going to say this. Um, I'm not ready to hand over the torch of him being the best guard out of Mitchell, I mean, you had a lot of good guards such as uh, Andre Turner, mm-hmm. a shooter in Curtis Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, even some guys like uh, uh, Jarvis Jones, Eric Bugs, Ken Torrey. I mean, those guys were, were, were really good basketball players. But Jeremiah Martin is really putting himself in an elite competition. Uh, and he's just playing ball. When he made that statement, I feel like I'm the best player in the conference. I feel him. I feel like you is too. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I felt like you were last year. And a lot of people, you know, thought that the Tigers played better without him. Uh, but what they didn't realize is, after he got hurt, what they didn't realize is Tubby actually made a, a, a tweak within his offense that just made the offense run more smooth. He simplified it, as he said. He had it too complicated. So it was never that the team played better with Jeremiah. Tubby just made a great coaching adjustment. 
But this is what Jeremiah do. I always felt like the team was going to be better if Jeremiah has the ball in his hand. And uh, and the reason why the Tigers have now won four out of the last five, Penny said it. I put the ball back in Jeremiah Martin's hand. He is putting up. I don't I don't care if it's first team, second team, third team. He's putting up all American numbers. But we talked about this yesterday. The way he's going to be on one of those All-American teams, if you go down the list, you just go past the last 10 years. There hasn't been an All-American who team had a subpar record or losing record. He has to put up big numbers, and they have to win. The last All-American uh, was, was I believe, Chris Douglas Roberts. I think Tyreek might have got it after him. But – those guys won a lot of games. Jeremiah Martin is on the tear, but if he wants to be nationally recognized, he has to go into the FedEx form in about two weeks. And the way it's looking, they might not get a top four seed, and he's going to have to lead his team to four wins in four days. If he does that, then he will start getting the national notoriety because he'll be able to showcase himself on national TV in the NCAA tournament. But that's the only thing that separates Jeremiah Martin with a lot of elite players like DJ Lawson, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, all those guys, Jared Culver. Their teams are winning at a high rate. That's what Jeremiah Martin's missing right now. But outside of that, he's the hottest player in college basketball right now. He's just got to handle his business in two weeks at the Feders for him in the AAC tournament. And, Evan, when you talk about a guard uh... – from Memphis that was able to take his team and win a conference title. I immediately think back to the year 2011 conference tournament on the road at UTEP. Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson. He put that Joe team Jackson. on his back and yes, just sir. took them and wheeled them. And, and you know, I know people will, will say things about Joe Jackson, but I feel that that tournament alone submitted him as, as a Tiger great. Uh, you know, up there amongst the top 10, 15 guards that come through to Memphis. And I think if Jeremiah Martin could do that, that that speaks that speaks volumes, man. If he can take and get the University of Memphis under Penny Hardaway in his first year to the NCAA tournament, man, he he is going to go down in history if he can do that. You want to know what, Justice? I'm glad you said that because that team was NIT bound. Yeah, if they didn't win that that conference tournament, and they were down big in that game. If you remember in that first half, they were down double digits, and um, I think Chris hit a couple big threes and. And it was the Joe Jackson show from there forward. So I definitely agree with you. That did submit Joe Jackson as uh, as as one of the top Tigers of all time. And you're right. He does get a lot of backlash. But that kid, was he was awesome. Yeah. And, and I mean, you got the ball in your hands and there's one second to go. Shoot down one and you got two free throws to go. We've seen Darius Washington and other players not be able to <laughs> stick those free throws in. Oh, man. <laughs> Man. I mean, you become a legend uh, when you do it when it matters most. And Jeremiah Martin just mm -hmm. seems to me like the type of guy that can do it because if you look at his stat statistics, he's averaging well over 25 points a game in the second half over the last seven, eight games. I mean, he's doing this stuff mm -hmm. in the second half when when he should be tired and, and he's knocking down threes, he's getting to the rim, he's going to the line. In his last game, he went 14 to 14 from the free throw line. No turnovers. Um, but I, I think also in that particular game, and Wichita State, of course, they're down this year, but it's still really hard to win at Wichita State. Greg Marshall's an yes. excellent coach, and he had that group under Marcus McDuffie playing pretty well. But they're also the play of uh, Rainier Thornton and Kareem Bruton, two junior college prospects who played with, under Tubby Smith last year. They've raised their level of play over the past mm -hmm. couple of games as well, uh, especially Thornton, man. That dunk on uh, and one, oh, he got man. down the stretch. 
you don't win the, those games without those plays and without the uh, actually the plays for a couple of freshmen. Uh, Alex Lomax he made some plays and also Tyler Harris hit a big three late. Uh, this Memphis team is going with a tight rotation, mostly seniors. And I think if this senior group had been playing most of the season, uh, you hate to say it, but this Tiger team would probably have four or five more wins. Hey, I, I do want to add in something real quick about Wichita State. Yeah, it is always hard to win in Wichita State, and that is a hostile environment. Penny said it felt like an NBA playoff game. But what I do want to say is last year a lot of people laughed when I said, hey, they were so excited about Wichita State and Grand Marshall coming to the AAC. I said, man, they're not going to win the AAC. It's a different level. Yep. Like moving from Conference USA to the AAC is just a different level. They were winning like 33 games before they got to the AAC. They won 25 last year, lost seven or eight games. Now this year they won't even make the NIT. It's a step up in competition. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a few more down years in the, uh, for Wichita State because they're not recruiting at elite level at all. So just, that's just something to watch. There's no signs of showing that Wichita State would be on top again without being in a weak conference, uh, if you look at recruiting. Well, once again, when we talk about conference strength, if you look at Wichita mm -hmm. State, if they can't crack the top five, six of the American conference consistently, that lets you know that this conference is really a power, power conference. You got some teams in there that can really play, I guarantee you. If you got to go to Temple or Houston or Cincinnati on a weeknight, you're in trouble. I don't care who you are. You could be Duke, uh, any of these Blue Blood teams, uh, Kansas, uh, Tennessee, you go right down the list. If you got to go to Houston or some of those schools in the conference, in conference, uh, American Conference, you're in trouble. Oh, no question. Uh, especially Kansas. I mean, I think I think Kansas would have trouble coming to Memphis, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. Well, they, well, they, they're uh, a wounded not, duck not right now. They're a wounded duck right now. Uh, they, you know, obviously, yeah. so Gerald Vick is, is back in Memphis handling uh, family stuff. Uh, Dedrick Lawson has is, is got mostly young guys surrounding him. And, and uh, yes. it's just so, tough. It's just so tough. So, Josh, you're going to pick the same Kansas team that beat the same Tennessee team that beat Memphis by 17 at the FedEx Forum to lose to the same Memphis team that lost to a team that they beat? Well, well look. Yes. Does Kansas have uh, Udoka Azubake? Or uh, or Lajero Vic? Do they have either of those guys? Because both no, of those guys are in Memphis. Lajero in Memphis, you know, he probably cheering for the Tigers. I don't know, but look, all I know is, <laughs> <laughs> all I know hey, is, man, you know, like, Gerald, man, that boy from Frazier, man, Ed Rice, find it. Yeah, man, shout out to Ed Rice, Frazier, man, North Memphis. You know what I mean? Stand up, all y'all. Look, I, mm -hmm. I love all of them. I'm just saying that they come to Memphis, they get beat. I think right now. But real quick, and that's a whole other topic. Just looking at Jeremiah's stats real quick over the last seven games. Exactly, he is averaging 30 points per game, 30.7. 53.3% from the field he is shooting. That's crazy, crazy numbers. Um, and I think he can keep it up, man. I know that's going to be tough now because you, you got Cincinnati coming up. You got some more tough games. But uh, we'll see. I want to call guess it right we'll now. I want to call it right All now. Right. The Tigers right. will go down to Cincinnati and upset them. I'm calling it right now. This team okay. is playing. This team is playing with unbelievable confidence right now. 
as Justice alluded to, even if Rainier is stepping up, I'm, um, I'm sorry, Kevin Davenport is not stepping up. You got Rainier stepping up. You got Kareem Bruce stepping up. If we can get Kevin Davenport to come on board and we could give, yeah. we get Mike Parks and, and, and Isaiah Maurice to give us something. Give a, especially Isaiah well, you, Maurice. You, you give us something out of Mike Parks. You've been getting something out of Mike Park. You ha- you're not gonna get anything out of Maurice. No, we haven't been getting anything out of Mike lately. He's a senior. We need consistency every game. That, All he's that, gotta have is touches. Get the guy some yeah. touches. I mean, even in this game against Wichita State, he's gonna finish around the basket. He got a shot blocked a couple times, but I know there was a couple and ones. At least he's giving you some production. If I'm not mistaken, Maurice didn't take a shot. I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't go with that. Just I need ten and five. I need that. All right, man. Well, Mike, Mike, if you're listening, you know, I'm sure Mike Park's a big fan of deliberation. All right. You know so one question for you guys before uh, we move off of Memphis. They've got three games remaining. Home against Temple on Tuesday, on the road Saturday, March 2nd at Cincinnati, and then to finish up the regular season Saturday, March 9th at home versus Tulsa. Will the Tigers at 17-11 get to 20 wins during the regular season? Yes, sir. 20-11, and 3-0. Book it. They'll finish out winning uh, seven of the last eight. That's huge. Um, hopefully, I'm thinking two and one. I'm not exactly sure what the one will be. Um, but I really hope they do go three and oh. I'm going to say two and one just to be safe. I'll say this. Victor Eno, Penny, have you forgotten that he's on your team? You, you, you putting Maurice old soft, sorry self out there. You know what I mean? He, he can shoot threes. He don't shoot them. He don't rebound. He don't block. He's scared of contact. Put Victor Eno out there. Let him at least bang and knock somebody over. You know what I mean? He can't be any worse than what Maurice gets. That's all I'm saying. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. What you think, Justin? Right, I mean, I, I think Isaiah Maurice is. Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the predictions. Yeah, well, yeah. You know you what? I'm going three and zero. I think the Tigers are going to okay. lay up the smack it down on Temple and Tulsa, and then the Cincinnati game. It's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a push one. But uh, it's really about the momentum of how the team is playing. So. Uh, if they can go out and really play a wire-to-wire game against Temple where they can handle them on their home court, which I expect, then it sets the stage for a game in Cincinnati, which could be the one that ultimately decides the conference player of the year. Because uh, when you look at uh, Houston's got a couple candidates, uh, but Jared Cumberland is the leading scorer in the conference. And so I would think he would be the odds-on favorite if it's not for uh, Davis Jr. out at Houston to win the player of the year. Jeremiah Martin's got an opportunity to take that. Uh, and I think if they win three in a row to close out the regular season, they got a chance to get a top four seed. But you got to win three and a two and one. You're looking at a five, six, or seven seed. Yeah, they, will, say I'm a- they will have opportunity to get a top four seed because UCF is right in front of them. They still have Houston and Cincinnati now. Are they on the road or at home? Um, I think I'm not sure. Playing against Houston on uh, game day, I want to say it's going to be next Saturday. Uh, Houston is hosting what? ESPN game day. Well, they actually got a tough on Wednesday at South Florida. Then they're at Houston, then Cincinnati at home, and then at Temple. Three of the last four games is on the road. Temple, uh, Houston, and South Florida. None of those are going to be easy games. The Central Florida will not win at Temple. I don't think they'll lose to Houston and Cincinnati. Yeah. They could lose all three of those games. Yeah. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't go one and three in that stretch. If we're at best two and two. I mean, South Florida, S. South Florida isn't easy. Brian Gregory has done a hell of a job with that team this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that team got better. That program has gotten better on him. Definitely. 
AAC as a whole is underrated, to be honest with you. There's no question. Now, you look at it, I mean, they got wins. Uh, when you talk about uh, South Florida, they got wins over Wichita State, ECU, Memphis, SMU. Uh, so, you know, that that's that's pretty solid. Even they actually had an overtime loss to Temple in which they could have won that game. But they got wins over UConn also, so that that's not a bad team. Uh, Evan, you're right; they have been improving. They even lost the overtime game early to Georgetown. So this is a team really that could have two more wins even right now. I'm going to say this real quick: as far as Memphis is concerned, most important player outside of Jeremiah is Rainier Thornton. He needs to keep playing the way he is, man, because this it's going to be huge to have him uh, be that guy. Well, he uh, makes you bring back those old memories when, when a guy says, man, he bolted on the guy. Because that yeah. play, when he, oh. he was in transition down the stretch, caught it on the guy one hand in, in his, you know, the poster. It was uh, huge. just right and, after and he, and he McDuffie. And the rim, too, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, it was right after McDuffie hit that three. Um, and Jeremiah came right back and uh, stuck it to Thornton. And he stuck it one-handed on the guy. So, definitely, uh, man, I could talk about that game all day, man. That was, that was an amazing game, but. Looking at the rest of the season, hopefully uh, the Tigers do what they need to do and we can have a uh, an exciting AAC tournament at FedEx Forum, no question about it. Now, let's see anybody else has something on, on some more on that. Want to move to the to the next topic here. And that is probably the biggest conversation piece in sports, let alone college basketball, over the past week, which is Zion Williamson of Duke. Now, of course, we all know uh, the big anticipated Duke-North Carolina game. Obama, Spike Lee, everybody was there, you know what I mean, uh, at the game. You had some crazy folk paying $3,000 for a college basketball ticket. I ain't doing it. I don't care what the game is. That's just me. You know, I don't understand that. But either, either way it goes, the place was packed. Everybody was talking about it. Zion, the first 30 seconds of the game, uh, them Paul Georges, man, they, they exploded on him. Hurt his knee, um, and he missed the rest of the game. That has caused shockwaves throughout the world of sports, surprisingly so maybe to some people. Um, everything from Nike stock dropping by over a billion dollars in a day to the conversation, should Zion even risk hitting the floor another game this season? Just abandon this team and sit out the rest of the season uh, and wait for the NBA draft uh, to come. So, first of all, just anybody wants to hit on any of that piece of the conversation. Um, Evan, I'll start with you. What do you think about all this? Um, well, first of all, um, the fact that the university was able to sell tickets for that much, mm-hmm. and it, it was because of Zion, but that, that Duke freshman class, uh, it's just awesome. Um, it is a damn travesty that those kids don't get none of that money. Uh, in the streets, they call it pimping. Mm. That's exactly what the NCAA is doing to these kids. Um, this is embarrassing. It's been time to stop it. Let these kids go straight to the NBA because what you've done is you made these kids stop going straight from high school to go get these millions and made them come to college for a year. So what you've done is you've boosted by probably hundreds of millions of dollars since you've made the rule, if not close to billions, of profit off these kids because they didn't go straight to the NBA. 
Now what you've done is, let's just say Zion tore something. You messed up that kid's career. He wasn't even able to sign an NBA contract. So you need to give these kids something off of profiting for them. That's why I don't give a damn about Jim Beheim. Talking about you got your education paid for. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm missing millions that you're profiting off of me for over 35 years as a head coach. So I think it's wrong. They're pimping. The NCAA are the biggest pimps in the world. That's that's how I feel about that. But as far as I'm concerned, Zion should never hit the court again. For what? Mm. I saw some people saying, hey, playing in the NCAA means something. To who? To the venues that's going to make millions of dollars off of it? To the coach, seven-figure salary? To the assistant coach, six-figure salaries? Or to the millions that they're making the athletic department? None of that includes the kid, though. So what happens if Zion go out there and break his foot? What you going to tell him? It's okay. Hey, man, you're going to stay here and get your education? Damn that. He can graduate with a PhD and still won't make more money salary-wise than he'll make his first NBA contract. I will sit down. I will work out. I will do individuals. But I will not wear a Duke University jersey ever again. Think smart, not hard. Get your money. So, Evan, and to your point, and I know Jesse got some thoughts on this. I'm just reading a couple of things. Uh, some NBA players actually said about it. Um, Isaiah Thomas of the Nuggets said, if they're not trying to pay these college athletes, then the NBA should let them come straight out of high school. Facts. If college is paying these athletes, then it would be a different story. But since they are not, let these kids go get this money if they have a chance to. Donovan Mitchell says, again, let's remember all the money that went into this game and these players get none of it. And now Zion gets hurt. Something has to change. That's Donovan Mitchell. And last year, uh, Trey Young also said Zion needs to chill out the rest of the season. So, man, it's, it's, it's become a hot conversation piece. You know, it leads into the NBA, which I know Adam Silver's even uh, said they're discussing dropping the age requirement, you know, to, to 18 you know, things of that nature. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I've heard different sides of the of the aisle on this. Justice, what, what do you think? I mean, I'm torn. I like seeing guys play in the big dance. That for for to be honest, that's a it's a huge marketing tool for the universities, mm -hmm. though. Not so much the players, unless you got a player that just sweeps the uh, NCAA tournament by storm. Most of the time. Uh, the NBA scouts, the teams that are doing the selection, they've already made their, their decisions uh, prior to that. So the scouts have an opportunity to see these kids play in high school, play in the tournaments. Uh, and, of course, you know, college is an option. But I think at worst for players that do play in college that are at that elite level or, you know, maybe just the high D ones, there needs to be a, a pot of money where if their jerseys are being sold, at worst, they can do like these quote-unquote blue bloods do. So Duke tells you, and this was uh, uh, Mike Krzyzewski's recruiting pitch, we will take care of you for life. So what they don't tell you is these guys get bags once they leave college. So that's when the money start coming from the boosters to their families, to uh, you know purchasing homes and different things like that. No, Duke may not pay you when you enter college. They pay you once you're no longer a student athlete because now you're not bound by those rules. And that's exactly what's been happening with these schools, and that's why they have an advantage. So at least why not level the playing field and allow a Jeremiah Martin who I'm sure there's some Jeremiah Martin jerseys floating around uh, Memphis. Or, oh, you know, yeah. you got a Donovan Mitchell who played at Louisville. 
or you got a uh, a Grant Williams at Tennessee. Not why not let all that money collect in account, and it, at worst, when he leaves the school, you hand him that money. He's earned that money. Those are his jersey sales. Give the kid the money. And so I, I think the kids definitely deserve to earn something. Yes, uh, going to college is a great thing for some. The discipline that you can get, all of that, I, I understand that the educational side of it. But there, there's another part to it. There's kids that are going to college and picking majors that really aren't translatable to uh, a career of really being able to earn um, money and sustain uh, taking care of a family. So there's just so many different dynamics that, that go along with this thing. But I'll say this right here. When we talk about preps to the pros, last I checked, Lou Williams, C.J. Miles, Al Jefferson, you can still find these guys on the NBA roster. Dwight Howard, uh, many of these guys were a part of that last crop that came from high school to the pros. LeBron so, James. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about even the 05 guys. But certainly, you know, LeBron James, I mean, the list goes on and on. Most of those guys who came out of college or high school that were really elite, they had unbelievable careers. Uh, certainly there's going to be casualties, just like in anything else. But I think if you at least have a rule that allows them to go straight to the pros or if they stay in one, two years, whatever, just open it back up. The old rules seemed to me that it worked because college basketball was strong and then the NBA was strong. But what the NBA was trying to do was avoid drafting bust. And that's yeah. why they put the rule in because they didn't want to draft Robert Swift anymore, draft a guy, and then make a oh, wrong Kwame decision. Brown. Yeah, yeah, Kwame Brown. But hey, mm-hmm. that, that's your fault. And, and, you know, organizations have to pay for it. The Grizzlies drafted Hashim to beat. You know, they renamed him Hashim to bust. And so uh, yeah. I, I think, oh, yeah. I think look, the opportunity is what life is all about. You've got to give these kids the opportunity because you got kids in baseball that are that are pro on pro contracts and then they're able to return to college. So they've got to figure this thing out. They got to get it right. But if there's guys in the NBA who have already gone through college telling you what you should do, they got to fix it. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. One of the things too that kind of bothers me, you know, as coaches, you know, like Coach K or other coaches, they have, you know, sponsorship deals with some of these uh, apparel companies as well. But a guy like Zion, you would think, and maybe I'm wrong. Y'all let me know. You would think they should be able to have a sponsorship deal. Just think about it. Zion busting up those those Palm Jordans. You know what I mean? The things went up in flames on TV, basically. And, you know, the stock dropped a billion dollars. His influence as a college player that's not getting paid one cent by Nike has uh, can affect their bottom line that much. You know, you can't tell me that they shouldn't be able to negotiate deals with these apparel companies while in college. Just my thoughts. What, what do you think about that, Evan? Man, look. <laughs> this shit, I, I, I said I was going to quit cussing on our podcast, but it pisses me off. I can go so in-depth to a whole nother side of this, man, that I, I won't do over air yet. Yeah. But. Because I'm sure you know about the back end, you know. Yeah, yeah. but you, you pay this kid. You pay all these kids. And if you don't want to pay them, let them go get their money in the NBA. Yeah, because Duke is getting paid. Coach K is getting millions of dollars annually just for his players to wear Nike gear. Yeah, that's true. And, and Nike, that's a drop in the in the bucket compared to where Zion's wearing these shoes and now everybody's going to buy them. Now what happens is this. When the shoe blows out, Nike's in trouble. Or maybe not long term, but at least in yeah. the short term. And if mm-hmm. I'm some of these other shoe companies, I'm definitely jumping in right now to say, hey, my shoe is not going to burst. <laughs> my shoe yeah, can hold Zion Williamson. 
I saw Puma, you know, already went on the offensive a little bit, you know, so that wouldn't happen if he had some odds on, you know. But uh, because every rookie, just about every time rookie that came out in the draft this year, they signed an endorsement deal with Puma. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Puma trying to make the moves out there. Yeah, I don't know if Paul George is going to keep wearing his own shoes. <laughs> <laughs> After watching that, I don't blame him. You know, I mean, Paul George, the year he's having, I don't think he could afford to, you know, have to have no stuff like that go on. But mm-hmm. speaking of that, man, um, if y'all want to move to the NBA yet or not, because I know it's still some other college basketball. Yeah, I know we don't want to talk about how uh, Kansas went down to Texas Tech and got throttled. I know we won't, don't want to talk about that. So Yeah, got destroyed. Like, I kind of, <laughs> yeah, you know. If y'all want to overpass that, I mean, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I told y'all uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Let me get on the NBA real quick. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's so much stuff happening, you know, storylines, everything else. Okay. Kyrie Irving, your boy. Yo. I'm joking when I say that. But but Kyrie Irving <laughs> out here saying, hey, look, I ain't worried about wins or losses right now. You know, we'll be all right because I'm here. Because I'm here. We'll be okay. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the playoffs and the Boston Celtics, what do you think about that? Uh, you, you asking me or Justin? Yeah, yeah, you, you can go ahead. I think Kyrie is setting himself up to leave. I, I thought about this. Uh, first of all, they made it to the Easter Conference Finals without Kyrie. They won more games than they will win this year without Kyrie. If they don't make it to the NBA Finals with Kyrie, that makes him expendable. He needs to leave, and he, I think he knows that. I think that he knows that they're not going to make it to the NBA Finals. I think he knows that he's due for another max deal soon. And if Boston was smart, they'll keep those young players on those rookie deals as long as they can and get rid of Kyrie. I think he kind of spoke out, and I, I thought about it. I think he probably spoke out like that because he know they're not going to go to the NBA Finals, and that it could miss Boston to trade. I really do. I really do. I think, I think that's the main reason why he did that, because he don't have no confidence in those guys. He don't. He don't have confidence in that team. That team hasn't found it out yet. So I really do think he said that just to set him up to be released or something. Interesting. You know, that's, that's a really good, uh, good theory there. Justice, what, what do you think? Well, I think the other factor in this whole thing is that Gordon Hayward wasn't playing last year. Now he's in the lineup. And Jalen Brown has been relegated to the bench. We don't know. Jalen Brown seemed like he was headed on the trajectory where if he wasn't an all-star, he was going to be a borderline all-star. And now he's not doing what he he was doing last season. And even Tatum is not doing what he was doing. So when you add in Gordon Hayward, who was ball dominant in Utah, and then you add in Kyrie Irving, that really uh, uh, somewhat stymies the game of Tatum and Brown. So I think that Boston's got to make a move. Uh, it's going to be tough to do anything with Gordon Hayward because he's one year removed from a, a major injury. So I don't think you can move him. But if, if Kyrie's going to leave, you got to try to get all the assets you can. And Danny Ainge is probably the best at the business when it comes to that. I tend to agree with Evan. I think he wants to leave. Uh, once you apologize and make amends with LeBron James, who, as we know, is the number one recruiter in the NBA then certainly, uh, you know, I think he, he's letting it be known that he's ready to move. So in that case, I won't be surprised if he doesn't end up next year either in New York where uh, they got some cap money 
or in or in uh, L.A. with the Lakers. Hey, I want to say this. The, uh, the reason why Tatum isn't uh, getting the shots up because Kyrie's shooting them all. They were playing um, – who were they playing on ESPN the other night I was watching? I believe it was Philly. I, I can't remember. Man, at one point Kyrie was 3 of 18 and still shooting. Oh, yeah. That's still, Kyrie. Still shooting. I'm like, dude, do you not know you got some young guns around you? Like, Boston got real young talent. The Lakers got that fake stuff over there. Boston got real <laughs> young talent. And wait a minute now, Brandon Ingram been playing playing pretty well as a Lakers. Yeah, man. Right. Cal Kuzma. Okay. Now you wait. You don't think Kuzma or, or Ingram are better than Jalen Brown? Hell no. So you making me cuss again, uh, Justice? <laughs> man, oh, man, listen. That kid produced on the biggest stage that the NBA can offer you. Those guys haven't done that. Those guys, are, they haven't even won 35 games. Those guys got their team to the NBA Finals and went toe-to-toe with the best player as of last year. I know a lot of people debate this year. As of last year, at that time, with the best player in the NBA. But I think the other thing you got to look at is the fact that that roster – uh, you had some uh, on, on Boston's team, you know, when, when you got Marcus Morris and you that, got uh, Marcus they Hart, they got led. some veterans over there too. They, they were led by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But what I'm saying is you had Al Horford who was playing at almost an all-star level. You had you had other guys who have done it at a high level on that team. The Lakers traded away. The Lakers, oh, to Scary Terry. Let's not even talk about him. Who, well, he's another guy who's not playing as well with the presence of Terry. I'm just saying the Lakers traded away their best pieces that could have surrounded those guys when they got rid of uh, D'Angelo Russell and when they got rid of uh, uh, Julius Randle. I ain't gonna snap. I ain't gonna snap. I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna cuss. Man, look, those guys are better than them because without their superstars and Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, they were still able to finish number one in the East, and they were still able to go to game seven, a game away from being to the NBA Finals. So those guys produced on the biggest stage, and those L.A. Lakers, young core, can't even get an A.C. I don't disagree with that, but Boston does have Al Horford, who's a perennial. Uh I don't think you're hearing me. Uh If they were able to get the number one seed with Al Horford, you make it seem like he's Joel Embiid. If they were able to get the number one seed with Al Horford and Terry Rozier, which you make it seem like he's Kyrie Irving, they would at least be able to get an A seed. Those guys in L.A. can't even get an A seed. They can't even get an A seed. So, yeah, they're better than – Jalen Brown better than them? Yes, he is. He's been held back right now because they have ball-dominant wannabe superstars when they're just all-stars. Kyrie ain't no superstar. He's an all-star. He don't know how to win by himself. He's an all-star. He's not a superstar. So, once they get rid of those guys, yeah, Jalen Brown will be back where he needs to be. You said it yourself. He was on a trajectory to be an all-star. I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. But all I know is, and I know, Evan, you have a affinity for the Knicks, I believe. You know what I mean? Would you want Kyrie and, you know, the rumored uh, Kevin Durant uh, duo for, for the Knicks? Yeah, yeah, bring Kyrie. We ain't got nothing. Yeah, oh, Ky- Kyrie and Kevin Durant, man, that's a lineup. Yeah, Durant, Kevin Smith. Knox. 
With Dennis yeah. Smith, too? That'll be interesting, man. But Wait, can Cal you know what, me... and, and Dennis Smith coexist in a backcourt? Well, here's the thing on that. I don't think Dennis Smith would be there if they were signing those max guys. I think they'll have to finagle a little bit with the contracts they have. I think that I think he'll probably be moved, honestly. But let me ask you all this. Now we just got a, a very, very few minutes left. One guy who I don't think has been getting enough due lately is Paul George and the OKC Thunder. The numbers that him and Russell Westbrook are putting up are insane. Is it safe to say, Paul George, is he a leading candidate in the MVP discussion, or should he be? What do you guys think? Um, we'll start with Evan again on that. What do you think? Uh, right now, I think it's probably uh, Giannis. Yeah. I think it's probably Giannis. You, th- you look at a guy who's doing more with less. You look at Toronto Raptors. Um, he has Kyle Lowry over there. Um, I'm speaking in, in reference to uh, Kawhi Leonard. That team was the number one seed before he got there. He got Marcus all now. Uh, he, he has some talent over there. If you look over at Golden State, they're loaded. If you look in the in the West, I mean, there's nobody on the Denver Nuggets side who could just stand out to you. And Paul George has Russell Westbrook. So you those teams will be okay if you take Kawhi off. We've seen it. The Thunder still be in the playoffs if you take PG off. We've seen it. The Warriors will be okay if they take away Steph or KD because they just so loaded. But Milwaukee will not be okay without Giannis. And his team is steadily the number one team in the East. They're one of the top three to five teams in the whole NBA. I think he's the most viable player. And you look, that's who the, the, the Celtics were playing. They were playing the Bucs. They lost to him. Yeah, that's um, right. I remember that. Yeah. 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 If, if, if you look at what Giannis is doing, he's putting up big boy double-doubles. He's going up there putting up like 30 and 17. And he's playing like a beast out there. I think he is. And, and I'm not sold on the Bucs, but we're just talking about MVP race. He is the most valuable player in the NBA, and I'm going to say it. You can make a case for him being the best player in the NBA right now. Wow. Over your your boy. Your yeah, boy. Father time catches up with everybody. At one point, LeBron couldn't smell Kobe. But father time catches up with everybody. Before Kobe retired, LeBron was better than Kobe. It happens. Well, it's good to know that I'm right again, you know, about This man here. That's all I'm just saying. It's good to know that I'm right again on another situation. That's really all that really matters at, at this point. Uh, <laughs> it's no question, man. So I think, man, uh, it's probably going to have to do it for us on, on this edition of Deliberation Sports. I know uh, Justin's got some big, big, uh, important things going on. You know what I mean? So we're going to. Hey, all I'll say is this, and I'll I'll leave it like this. Paul George, I got him number two or three uh, behind Giannis. I agree with Evan. Giannis, if you look at that roster, I mean, yeah, they got uh, Chris Middleton, who made an all-star team, averaging less than 20 points a game. But outside of that, you just got a bunch of good role players. I think he's doing more with less than Milwaukee, and he is arguably the best player in the NBA now. But right behind that, I think Paul George, I I almost would take him over – uh, James Harden. I really love what Paul George is doing right now. We're seeing what he can do when he's the 1A guy with a 1B guy next to him. Because, yep. man, he's he wasn't hitting game winners before this season. I don't think he no. was hitting anything. But now mm-hmm. he gets to OKC and playing next to Westbrook. Westbrook has changed his game similar to uh, what he needed to do. And, man, Paul George is the truth. He is the absolute truth. And uh, if they play uh, Houston in the playoffs, Houston's going down. I, you can well, put that on the in the bank. Take that to the I, bank. Wow. I, I did 
I did want to say this. My bad. You did make a good point, Justice. I forgot to throw James Harden out there. I wouldn't pick him, but the tear he's being on, you got to put him in the conversation. No question. And then the fact, um, I don't know if it hurts him, with Houston beating Golden State like they did without him. I mean, that's kind of out of nowhere. Uh, man, I keep telling y'all, man, Chris Paul, if he's healthy, that team would have been in the finals last year. Well, you know what like, they say. If my uncle had balls, she'd be my uncle. He has never been healthy <laughs> when it mattered most. <laughs> Look, I ain't never heard that. I never, ever heard that before. Um, you know, but I, I think that's – well, might be good. So the Deliberations Sports that. Podcast, you don't know what you're going to hear. Man, it's all hard. Chris Paul, man. <laughs> and we, and man. we got And we got more guests coming up. Uh, in future shows, we're going to really get heavy into this uh, high school recruiting battles uh, with right. a lot of the teams uh, throughout the country. We're going to bring on some local coaches uh, from throughout the region in the Mid-South. Uh, Evan Duvall, man, he, he's, he's the plug. So he, he's lining yes, some stuff up uh, coming up over the next few weeks. So we, we're going to have a treat for the fans. That's right. That's right. And y'all uh, catch us uh, this week, as a matter of fact, on a Tom Bank Live radio show. It's coming Tuesday. Uh, of course, you're going to have all of us uh, hear us in our, our segment, Tiger Talk Tuesday. But uh, so y'all uh, check that out in the coming days. But Justice, man, I know you you getting ready, man. So before we go, uh, hit us up with the how they can get in contact with uh, all things deliberation. Hey, they can follow us on Twitter, Deliberation SP1. Also, Facebook and Instagram, Deliberation Sports Podcast. We also had a Facebook group, Deliberation Sports Community, where you can chat with people from all over the world. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, doesn't cost you anything as well, but you can subscribe to Deliberation Sports Podcast and listen to us talk crazy to each other. That's it. That's, because that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, no question about it, man. But uh, until next time, this is the Liberation Sports Crew, Josh Midget, Justice Bold, and Evan DeBold. We will see y'all next time. We out.